listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Um, so this is an audio opening. I want you to guess who this is. That I'm, who said what I'm about to read you, okay? Okay. The American president needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that... uh, whoever this person is talking about doesn't understand is they want to hand Ukraine to Russia. They want to help China eat Taiwan. They want to go and stop funding Israel. Did they say eat? E-A-T? Eat Taiwan? I think they said eat. They may have said beat. That's that's not too far, Mickey. I've been to China. (laughs) I've been to China. I've eaten with Chinese. They never eat people. They never eat land. But go ahead. You just have to... You have to, you know, <laughs> slow dining. You have to take your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to go and stop funding Israel. So who said that? I would go with Nikki Haley. You're no. correct. <laughs> really? Follow- Nailed that. Yeah. Who, who is? Whoa. And who is? And and who is who who is no, wait, who, is, who the, is the king of nailing shit? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay, let's okay. pause on that. Okay, that was a cold okay, open, no okay. clues, and Bob just casually gets the bullseye. God, and who? And, and the follow up question, which is easy now, is mm-hmm. who is the candidate who did best in the CNN poll against Biden? You mean best in the polls uh, taken after the debate? Not not best in the polls, but I, I take Nikki it like Haley. two days ago. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the only one who was beat Biden by beyond the margin of error, which is terrifying. Uh, I think it is. It is. I think there's no time to panic because the idea that the Pence Haley uh, viewpoint on foreign policy is going to win in the Republican primaries is insane. So that's not going to happen. But, but you know who uh, else? Uh, you know who else is. Uh, Counting on foreign policy to win an election for him? Netanyahu, um, Putin, everybody? Everybody, correct. No, I was just thinking of that. Joe Biden released an ad about his visit to Ukraine and standing tall. And oh, I stuff. saw that. It was stirring. I was stirring. He exerts a quiet strength. Yeah. No, it was a kind of a two for I, th- I think they wanted to send. I mean, they definitely were big on the. I mean, they're you know, betting on the war is a big uh, election asset. I'm not sure about. I mean, a year from now, I'm predicting it's not going to look like some huge win for him. But they, I think they're also sending the message that he's this vigorous guy because it opens with him visiting. He the 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 first president i don't know in a, in a century or ever or something to visit a war zone that america didn't control of course the definition of a war zone is something nobody actually controls but anyway i know what they mean kind of um the uh and so they they were that and he flew in in the dead of night and you know and and, and so that took was a 9 hour train ride Bob. took a 9 hour train ride and uh 
I'm sure like they didn't have a sleeping car or anything for him. So that's amazing. But uh, um, if, and foreign policy doesn't win elections. I mean, did it didn't mm -hmm. win World War Two didn't win an election for Churchill. And, uh, you know, Iraq didn't win an election for, for sorry, uh, Kuwait didn't win an election for George H.W. Bush. And even during the Vietnam War, which I'm old enough to remember, the elections were fought on uh, domestic policy grounds, even though there was a war that was bleeding America. I mean, that was obviously a big factor, but. It became uh, a big thing. Was, I mean, Nixon had to make a big deal of peace with honor. He had to have some, have something to say in reply to the Democrats. Right, but it was, it was about half the election, but it wasn't more than half. Uh, anyway, so. The, the the alarming thing is 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 the Haley surge. It's her moment, Bob. Uh, and uh, do we want to do we go from there to talk about Ukraine or go to talk about politics? Well, we could just uh, dwell on the depressing fact that it's Nikki Haley moment. I mean, she's hardcore. On the other hand, from my point of view, there's almost no possible good foreign policy news in the Republican field or really the Democratic field. Um, yeah, Why? we can go, we can go uh, to your isn't, isn't isn't DeSantis pretty close to your view? Oh, I no. I mean, even even what he professes when he's most in the mood to please the Trumpist foreign poly, policy people is not all that close to me. But in any event, I think it's kind of fake. Uh, I, I don't. I don't, I've seen no signs that he really believes it. You but, think he wants to prosecute the war? And and, and you know, Blinken Blinken traveled to Kiev. Uh, this last week and said, mm -hmm. we will do whatever it takes. We will back you forever and ever, which seems sort of insane when there's an election coming up in a year. I mean, you might elect a candidate who will not back them forever and ever. So it's like it's like saying, uh, we think you're too stupid to realize we have an election in a year, which they're right. not. So it was right. like a weird thing to say. No, he also like a, said. It's like a car warranty that says 60,000 miles or one week, whichever comes first. <laughs> right. And, uh, he also said, we're not just going to rebuild Ukraine. We're going to reinvent Ukraine. Did he say that? This is yes, he said it. This is insane. This is like, uh, this is like neocon on steroids. We're not, I mean, we're not enough to build democracies. We're going to transcend democracies and build something better than democracy, Bob. We're meta-democracy. We're going beyond, you know, nation building. I thought the premise of our utopia. support was that this was already a healthy democracy. Uh, now, in truth, it's not a very liberal democracy. There's a lot he was of talking about. He may have been talking about corruption, or he may have been talking about rebuild the economy, reinvent the economy, no. so it's not as dependent on uh, wheat and uh, you know on, and on things from the know, Donbass, and uh, on, that could be and on, on oil and stuff like that. Yeah. They seem to have very good computer engineers, so I don't see why they couldn't be the Israel of the, of the what, the Israel of the steps. What would they be? Um, they, they, they would. I mean, a friend of mine had a BMW. The, 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 the you know, the, 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 the interface between the radio and the, and the, and the, and the, and the car broke, car's computer broke down, so he put in a call to Ukraine and they fixed it. Okay. The Ukraine, just a random Ukrainian. No, it was the Ukrainian guy who specialized in this thing. They said, you got to call this guy in Ukraine. So, By the way, you, 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 you saw this, uh, the, the thing from the Walter Isaacson book about uh, Elon. Well, that uh, was on my list. Yeah. The, um, the, the, first, the, first, the first thing on my list was the counteroffensive. And 
when I saw the map of the alleged breakthrough, it's pathetic. Yeah. There's nothing there at all. I have something to say about the breakthrough. I actually wrote about it in today's non-zero newsletter, but uh, go ahead. I maintain that the non-zero newsletter is the is, so far as I know, in the entire universe's media ecosystem, <laughs> the only place to get fairly clear on what actually happened, except for uh, kind of Twitter, if you put it all together. But um, so here's the deal. There, uh, the Surovikin line, as, as Russia's main line of defenses are called, named after General Surovikin, who has now been sidelined because of his involvement with Prigozhin. Um, but he designed it. And by the way, I should say, I think last week I said, well, even if they get through this line of defense, uh, there's, depending on how you count, two or three before you get to, two or three more lines before you get to talk, Mac. I'd looked at it more closely. If, if, you, if, you're, if you're talking about Surovikin lines in the strict sense, there's one more uh, between them and Tokmak, and, and but and, but Tokmak is only half the way to the goal and and so on. But anyway, the breakthrough, this word breakthrough. So this was widely reported. Um, it was called various places a breach, a breakthrough. The Wall Street J Journal called it piercing the defensive line. That's closest to being the actual truth. So here's the deal: Surveikin line has three things. Uh, start, you know, the first thing the enemy encounters is an anti-tank ditch. It's so deep and wide that if the tank does try to cross it, it will never get out of the ditch, okay? And they, there's at least one case of you uh, in the months ago, a Ukrainian tank for some reason trying that and demonstrating the effect. Um, then a bunch of landmines and another uh, uh, line that is called Dragon Teeth. This is a series, long series of four foot high concrete pyramids that are apparently also very hard for tanks to get over. Now, in both of these cases, it isn't that a, that a tank or another armored vehicle can't possibly get past them. It's that trying is going to take so long that they'll get blown away by drones and artillery. That's the idea. Then the third line... Um, they, don't have they don't have bazookas? They don't well, have handheld bazookas and stuff like I, that? I, 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 would, I would think that there's also the possibility of being taken out by, by people in the third row which is the only row that has uh, Russian soldiers there, okay? The third row back, uh, the final of the three rows constituting the Servikin line is a trench, um, you know, a, a trench system and uh, a pretty elaborate one. I mean, including bunkers, carpeted bunkers, apparently. Um, and that has soldiers in it, okay? So uh, what they're calling a breakthrough, now you'd think if it's a breakthrough, it means... You know, the the some armored vehicles got across. Zero armored vehicles have gotten across. Okay. What happened right. is that the infantry, uh, you know, which has no trouble crossing the first two lines, except for the minefields, which are not nothing, but they crossed right. and managed to take over a segment of the trench. Okay. And they're making right. use of that and and uh approaching this village of uh Verhova or Verbova or something. Uh and uh, but there's no there's no armor pouring through. That's what a breach is supposed to mean, okay? And there are no signs that armor can can penetrate the Surveikin line. I'm sure it may eventually, but that has not happened. And so, oh sure, they could put they could put like uh, you know boards over the trench so they get across the trench. And sure, but all, all these things boards take, over the dragon teeth. All these things take time. And with the dragon teeth, I think what they wind up having to do is actually move them aside. Anyway. All these things slow them down. And if they were easy, they'd have done them. They haven't. And the other thing I'd okay. say is like the whole idea of a breach in this war, let's suppose that the armor got past the line. 
Well, this is not a war in which uh, the armor's main enemy is on the ground, okay? It's like drones, maybe distant guided artillery or something, but I'm just not convinced that even if they did get armor across this line, which they haven't done, um, you know, it would be what people are hoping. Well, now it's relatively easy. You see this big surge in the rush, you know, so the, the next village is going to be like the last village. It's going to be a grinding war uh, and, and so far fought without armor. Uh, maybe they'll eventually get some there. Um, but this is not a breach or, breach or breakthrough as those terms, you know, conventionally connote. If if when I looked at the map, they just seemed a long way from the ocean. But they well, want to reach too. the ocean. There's that too. They want to reach the ocean and cut off the Russian land bridge. And right. if, if they even reach the ocean with tanks, would that, would that be a victory? Like what would constitute a no, real that, victory? Well, that would constitute a successful offensive. Black that sea. was the stated right. goal because they want to, yeah. you know, cut off the so-called Crimean land bridge. So that would have two effects. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, the Russians would no longer be able to transport stuff into Crimea. But also, as they were closing that, presumably all the Russians to their west would would skedaddle through the gap or skedaddle back to Crimea. Um, no, actually, come to think of it, uh, given that they've got Crimea, they wouldn't have to skedaddle. I take that back. Uh, they, they would be, but they would be sealed off from uh Russian support over land, except through Crimea, except over the Crimean bridge, you know. So um, anyway, yeah, there's that problem. I mean, everybody's noted that but there's still a long way from the ocean. Uh, but um, there's another problem is that the idea had been that once you get a breakthrough, all that land is going to take a lot less long to cross. And that's not true if you don't get any armor across the line and they haven't gotten any. And I doubt that it's very true even if you get the armor across the line, honestly. But anyway, look, the rainy season supposedly comes in, you know, four to eight weeks. And uh, so there's no way this offensive will have reached the goals set out for it. And presumably, I mean, the Russians are already forming new lines south of the village they're going to fight for. And presumably the the rainy season will be spent uh, doing any new defensive fortifications the Russians think they need. So it's the carpeting in their the carpeting in their bunkers might get wet. The carpeting in the bunkers might get wet. Uh, it it the, um, uh, it so they hype this they hype this breakthrough as a breakthrough when it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. and, it wasn't a breakthrough in a meaningful uh, sense, I would say. It's not nothing. It's not nothing so, at all. It's not nothing at all. They got to the line. And they kick some Russians out of the trenches. That's not nothing. Yeah. But right. it's not a breach of the line as that right. was right. meant. Right. right. Do what is what is your assessment as to whether this thing will be wrapped up by the election? The war? Um, yeah. Well, if they have the wisdom, if Biden has the wisdom to push Ukraine toward peace talks, it could happen. There was a, a good piece uh, by Anatole Levin in The Guardian uh, about the, you know, kind of the mindset of Russia and the politics of Russia. And when you look at what he's saying, it's not implausible that Russia is ready for uh, peace talks. He says that, look, uh, most Russian elites and most Russians would uh, accept it if Putin said, this is victory. What we've got now is victory. And we're going to have a ceasefire with these lines and then talk peace. Um, and 
you know, the Putin is not, you know, there are the hardcore nationalists that Putin is very mindful of who want total conquest in Ukraine. And we should not forget that. Okay, there's a non-trivial constituency Uh. that wants to take Odessa, Kharkiv, possibly the whole country, certainly everything up to the Dnipro. Um, And, uh, but, but what Anatole says is, you know, they have been weakened by the assassination of Prigozhin and Putin jailing this Gherkin guy and so on. And Putin, you know, they're under control. So although they would resist the peace talks, Putin can handle that. Putin does not. He would rather not have a big mobilization, which is what it would take to appease them anyway. Um, But the other thing Anatole says is, you know, Russians, by and large, most Russian elites didn't favor the invasion. They don't want the total victory the nationalists want. But most Russian elites and most Russians do not want to see what they consider loss, which is to say uh, Ukraine taking back the eastern Donbass and Crimea. So, you know, that would likely trigger a mobilization. And you got to remember, if Russia opts for a big mobilization, Ukraine is in serious trouble unless there's some miracle weapon on our side we haven't heard about. There's no um, there's no chance that Ukraine is going to take back the Donbass by next year, is there? I mean, they... Well, not by not by they, January first, no. Right. Um, by, by election time, okay, it seems very, 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 even make very like- unlikely. Because again, I mean, I don't know what these people are betting on. Honestly, when you look at the fact that still so many people in the U.S. foreign policy establishment make you sound like some kind of Putin stooge if you suggest peace talks, it just my question is: What is their scenario? What what this offensive drives home is that. There's not going to be some big breakthrough. What we are fighting is a war of attrition. And Russia is 3.5 times as big as Ukraine in population. And my advice is don't fight wars of attrition with countries that much bigger than you. So I don't know what they have. Now, some of them hope that, well, the re- Putin's regime will collapse. Not completely impossible. But I don't know if after Iraq and Ooh. Syria and what about- Libya, they still think regime change is a great idea. Uh, I give up. What about uh, the F-16? This is my last military play with toys question. What about this? Uh, what about the F-16s and all? Isn't that a potent weapon that we're giving them that, that, that they don't have now? Yeah, but I haven't heard I anybody mean, it, say it's some kind of miracle weapon. It, 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 it's not nothing. But, um, you know, I think, honestly, a more likely thing would be, as I've said before, it's kind of disappointing that the U.S. didn't have some kind of drone superiority. I would say if there's some kind of miracle weapon coming, it's more in that realm. Like Silicon Valley, we don't know it, but the Pentagon has been putting their heads together with Silicon Valley, and they've got maybe these, you know, these, have you heard about these these uh, dro- drone swarms, these AI drone swarms? It's like, no, they're, like, that's they're like birds, they're, they're unguided. Right. But they can make independent decisions, and they respond to one another's independent decisions. Right, something like that. Right, they're a, <laughs> no, honestly, more a realistically, pack, they're a pack, not a herd. I guess as, as Instapeta would herd. say, they're a pack. Yeah, they're a wolf pack. They're not. They're just. They're not just mindlessly proceeding toward the target. They're talking and and figuring out how to how to and kill they have the target. No, they have no the, one uh, leader. But more realistically, the, uh, it would be it would be something more modest in their drone realm, which is not impossible. But 
There was this interesting story about how uh, in the New York Times about how the Navy was slow to adopt drones. Obviously, drones are the future. They're going to, our aircraft carriers are sitting ducks as they always have been, but now they're especially sitting ducks since they can, can be taken out by this sort of weapon. And, and then two days later, the Pentagon announced, oh, we have this big drone program ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they claim to be making progress. I, I don't believe it. Uh, while we're on uh, uh, somewhere near Crimea, I, I thought that Elon Musk, you know, he was playing God. He cut off the Starlink when Ukrainian drones were attacking uh, the Russian fleet outside Crimea, I guess. In case people haven't and, heard, that's one of the big revelations from Walter Isaacson's biography of Musk. And yeah. apparently Walter but, is like his foreign policy confidant. Do you realize that, that he called Walter like as if to confer? Like, I'm thinking about shutting hilarious. off these drones. I mean, that's my kind of biography. What did Walter you know? that's say? Access. That's access. I don't what, know what Walter, what did Walter said. say? He just reported it's what Elon beyond. was saying. I don't know that he oh, was asking for guidance. Said. I don't know. I don't know that. He, but 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 the point is, he hadn't made the decision, and he's like, of course, you know, by Walter's again, he's like texting Walter, yeah. and like, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that this. See, Ukraine had these naval drones that were approaching the port of Sevastopol, where Russia's Black Sea is headquartered, and at that point, that might have been a big enough surprise to the Russians. So they could have taken out a few ships, uh, but. And Musk was worried that it would it would start nuclear war, and so he cut off uh, Starlink access to the drones, and so it didn't happen. It's amazing. I mean, they just it floated seems into like nothingness. Maybe Walter told them to do that. The uh, I doubt it. The uh, it seems like an overreaction on his part. In retrospect, they were in retrospect. Even if they- uh, yeah, I mean, I mean. You know, my line all along has been the thing to worry about with nuclear weapons is when Putin feels that his regime is threatened by further Ukrainian success on the battlefield. Uh, that He's not to that point. And all the so-called red lines they lay down, you know, don't by themselves uh, deserve to be taken uh, real seriously, probably. I mean, in Vietnam, supposedly we fought with one hand tied behind our back because we were worried about China or Russia. I forget which one entering the war, uh, and uh, maybe both. And uh, so so we, we wanted to win, but not win too dramatically. That was the argument against it. And this is, you want to, Ukraine wants to win, but not so dramatically enough that Elon panics and cuts off your starling. It's like, it's like you can't win, okay? It's like, uh, it's a stupid war to keep fighting if, if, if the rule is uh, that, that you can't really achieve any victories. Um. Well, it's a, it's more complicated. But anyway, I mean, Ukraine seems pretty uninhibited. I mean, they they've been. I mean, within the last few days, they hit uh, that city where the uh, Russian uh, military, you know, kind of the headquarters in Russia of the war fighting operation. The the, the, the whatever uh, Rostov on Don or something. Is that the um, city that, that Prigozhin wanted to take yeah, over? Yeah, it's the one where that he did kind of take over. I mean, the tank, the tanks parked there and nobody did anything. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're Ukraine's doing pretty much. I think the one place we laid down the line is when Ukraine uh, had an avowed neo-Nazi use American-provided armored vehicles to cross into Russia and kill people. I think we, we yanked on his leash a little. Um, 
you know, but uh, I, I, I don't know that we've, I don't know what other constraints we put on them. Um, uh, so, um, I had one more thing, but I forget what it was. Uh, oh, I've got things. Okay, go ahead. You have, well, I have, I have only domestic politics things after this. So. Yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I would just say, I, 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 on Ukraine and Biden, um, I would say, mm. If I were Biden, I would really think about a way to wind this war down. The, because it just seems to me that the most likely outcome, like a year from now, the most likely thing is, a lot of things could be the case a year from now, okay? Uh, implosion, catastrophe. Uh, uh, but most likely is either Ukraine will have made more uh, some more modest net gains or they will have lost ground on net and maybe a lot of ground. But in any event, there won't be some kind of resolution uh, unless Biden pushes them toward peace talks. And, and I think people would be saying, so what was the last year for? Okay, tons of Ukrainians died. Tons of money was spent. Uh, more of Ukraine was destroyed. Uh, more and more people, who, who refugees, in uh, Ukrainian refugees in Europe are, are, are never going to come back to Ukraine because they're forming youth. Uh, roots or their uh, husbands have died. It's like, what was this for? I think that's going to be, especially since, remember, Biden's own chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said in December of 2022, folks, this may be as good as it's going to get. Time to wrap it up. Well, it hasn't gotten much better than that since then. He seems vindicated as of now. I don't I don't think that's a big issue for the electorate. And yeah, you're right. It, it should be a big issue, but it's not. And certainly not if Nikki Haley is the nominee. <laughs> um, uh, no, but if there'll you're, be no pressure, no pressure. But it's to not going to be, it's going to be Trump. And, and if, and, and if it's close as it looks like between Biden and Trump, you know, every independent voter matters. And I, I think you, you get, it, you, you know, you can get, a, Trump can get a little traction if, if that is it, what the situation is a year from now. Yeah. And here's the other thing I realized. I wrote this. Uh, th I wrote this thing that I thought was not very good about how nostalgia is Trump's friend because people remember the good times in uh, before the COVID uh, COVID outbreak, uh, and Trump gets credit for that unfairly because he didn't. You know, he didn't. The COVID outbreak just happened, but it, and it, it it hurts Biden. But everybody says, "Oh, those were good years, those Trump years." And it turns out that that is sort of the subtext of his campaign now. It's uh, make America 2019 again, as the New York Times put it. Uh, and once if that once that is your campaign, make America 2019, you know, are you better off than you were in 2019? Uh, uh, then it doesn't commit him to any position or any ideology. He, he can be he can go left or right on foreign policy. He can go left or right on, on the border. He can go left or right on. Uh, you know, populism, uh, or we can go populist and not populist. So he can take advantage of whatever opportunity foreign policy presents. So if 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 the if the opportunity is to say, what was this war for? He can take it. He's free. He's totally liberated. It's scary because you know you, 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 during the during his first term, you could always trap him with what he'd said during the campaign. Oh, now you say you want an amnesty. Well, you know, during the campaign, you say. You, said you wouldn't, and then he would back off. 
The second term, he won't back off. So wait, he's saying 2020 was better than now along what dimensions? 2019. 2019. Every yeah, dimension. I mean, inconveniently, by the way, that was not the final year of his administration. <laughs> I know, but we're overlooking that. We're overlooking <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, <laughs> 2020 was also a worse year than 2019, and he was president. It's a detail. Um, but but, but um, he's saying, but, uh, main, I mean, economically, he, I don't think things necessarily I mean, look bad for Biden. It's a wild card. But uh, well, that the, there, there, there are two great mysteries in the uh, in the, in the campaign, and, and uh, we talked about this before. One is the mystery is why are people so unhappy with the economy since it looks pretty good? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think if that is that is a mystery for Biden, it's a challenge for Biden to figure that out. Because if he figures that out, he can win, or if Trump figures that out, he can beat Biden over, you know, with a stick over it. But I think. It's a worry about the future. I don't think it's people saying we're impoverished now. I'm not making enough income. Making incomes are, are, you know, there's a recession coming. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are thinking that I can't afford a home. They could be thinking that. I don't think it's inflation. I think they see a future where AI dominates, Mm -hmm. where their jobs are in jeopardy. Society is going in a direction which they don't really like. It's for more surveillance, more control, you know, uh, you know, AI generated pandemics in their future. AI might just, you know, I think, didn't you write there was a 10% chance it would kill us? Uh, mm, so um, I didn't write that. that well, the, 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 the stat is a survey of the actual AI researchers showed that chances right. of, of it destroying all of humankind, uh, <laughs> the median was 10%, which means 50% of them said it was at least 10% right. or okay. higher. Mm-hmm. And that, anyway, people don't like where we're headed, and you, you desperately need some candidate to say, "No, it's going to be okay where we're headed. We're going to have like you know, thirty more years added to our life. We're going to have all these new drugs. It's going to be great, uh, uh, and uh, and and you'll love it. And, and, and at least we have here's a path. I'm not predicting success, but here's a path where it might turn out okay if you follow me." And mm-hmm. Biden gives no confidence, and neither does DeSantis or anybody else, for that matter. Although DeSantis is 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 an effective leader, so if if, if whoever figures out that mystery, I think wins. Yeah. Uh, and the the mystery for Trump to figure out is, well, this is a story in USA Today that seemed really important. There are all these non-voters out there who don't vote in part because they think the election is rigged, and they're overwhelmingly for Trump. So Trump is faced with the Georgia dilemma, except this time it's going to hurt him, which mm-hmm. is how does he get these voters to the polls, say, oh, this time it's not going to be rigged. I have to get you to the polls so we can win. Mm-hmm. You would think a, a smart speechwriter could do that. But anyway, that's uh, it's mm-hmm. not it's certainly not something he mastered in Georgia. And uh, it's uh, it, 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 it it's a weird new thing that turned up this week. I didn't realize there were that many non-voters, I didn't realize there were that many that they were that overwhelmingly for Trump. No, I hadn't heard that. But apparently there are. Uh, you know, on, on the economy, so, one thing, I mean, I, I think there's been simmering but growing discontent with the economy for like a decade or two because, like, the gig economy is no fun. I mean, you know, it used to be when we were uh, not only kids but young adults and middle-aged, early middle-aged adults. I mean, used to be that, you know, there was such thing as job security for a, a lot of people. I mean, you would sign on with a company and unless you're screwed up or economic apocalypse hit, 
you were in pretty good shape. You had a community of people at work. You knew them. It was stable, pension, healthcare, so on. So I, I really think, especially younger voters, you know, there's already been this unease. And now I think you're right about AI. It's an interesting question. It is not out of the question that uh, people displaced, workers displaced by AI alone over the next year will be kind of non-trivial and and have an impact. Um, right. I mean, it, uh, it, uh, you, viewers don't realize I had a huge crisis before this show. My computer didn't work. You did, yes. Uh, I, 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 I ran to the Apple store and the guy fixed it, you know, by holding down the start button for a second longer than I did. Mm -hmm. But he was a very nice guy, very helpful. And I kept thinking of asking him, isn't your job going to be put out of business by AI within like six months? And he said, not so long as people like you are the ones buying Apple computers, Mickey. <laughs> um, I didn't dare ask him. He was bigger than I was. He was a huge guy. Uh, so, um, uh, but apparently AI is being, uh, this, every indication is AI is being adopted way more rapidly than we, we think. I met somebody who works for a big computer company. They use it every day now. It's instantly put into place. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that is a, that is a big fear. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, uh, it's scary. The um, DeSantis, you know, the DeSantis campaign was this schizophrenia this past week because first a hurricane hit Florida, which was great for him because it got a chance to, for him to show off his leadership skills. He handled it very well. He flew back to Florida. Uh, didn't get enough press for doing that because the press is incredibly biased against him, but he got some good press. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. his, his, his chief strategist, Jeff Rowe, is pulling out of Nevada. Why is he doing that with millions of dollars in the bank? I don't know. And he's focusing what on- is, What is it? So they're not contesting that in Nevada? I don't know. When is Nevada? No, they're, no they, they, but they, 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 they were going to finance a big ground game of, of like mm -hmm. paid door knockers. And as, as John Ellis says, Nevada is a very easy state to do that in because 90% of the population's in two counties. You can just knock on all their doors and at least get some benefit. So he stopped that. He's focusing that operation entirely on, on Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, but he has the money to do both. Why is he not doing it? I don't know. Uh, he, he, this is the guy who runs the super PAC that DeSantis does not control. That's the problem. All the money is with out of DeSantis's control in the control oh. of his chief, former chief strategist, Jeff Rowe, um, who everybody seems to hate and who's, who's gearing up some incredibly complex computer-powered system where they find out data on each voters and send them the version of DeSantis that will appeal to them. One is the steel DeSantis, it's, you know, gung-ho. The other is, I mean, he has, they, they're like names for which, which DeSantis avatar gets sent to the voters. And this, first, it has the whole feel of a massive flop, okay? Uh, and second, it has the feel of the incredible new uh, system that the Red Cross tried to put into place after 9-11 when they had all this blood. They were going to put in this new system of freezing the blood that nobody ever tried before, okay? And... By the, before they got to the chance to test out this new system, everybody said, what are you fucking doing with this blood? And they have to all resign and quit. So um, this has that air. It's like, why is Dukakis, the, why is, sorry, Dukakis, big mistake, why is DeSantis the guinea pig for Jeff Rose, you know, highfalutin, high-tech oh. fantasy of how to win an election? 
what are the features the of what are the features of the new approach? It it, I, it there was an article in Politico that I only dimly understood, but it gathered very fine grained detail from various electronic sources over each voter, mm -hmm. and then it targeted them texts that were designed for what they like. So if you like, uh, you know, if you like foreign policy, if you want to. If you want a strong leader who's going to stand up to Ukraine, I guess they can't falsify DeSantis' positions, but they can send him things that portray the stronger side of him. Mm -hmm. If you want, uh, if you want an anti woke DeSantis, they have anti woke DeSantis. It's like buy them all, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, well, that doesn't seem crazy to me. I mean, look, he's got to throw the long ball. He's behind. You know, it, it, it's. Uh, or go for the long ball. Or it's, throw it's, the I don't know. It seems to me he's still, ball. my point of reference, he's still way ahead of Gary Hart where he was against Walter Mondale. Uh, Hart was in like 5% before in Iowa and uh, or somewhere around there. And he's, mm -hmm. you know, already contesting Iowa and the race is, you know, months away. And uh, uh, voters seem to like him. The press hates him. If you can break through the press, which should be easy to do, and talk to voters, uh, uh, it seems to me as a shot. I, had the, I was overcome with giddiness last week because, because he was taking care of business in, in Florida, you know, saying, you know, open this center, open this relief center, close that town, open that bridge. He was, he was really, it was an impressive show. And I thought if they only made the Bachman-Turner Overdrive song, Taking Care of Business, his theme song, Bob, that, that this would like bad. That's not that bad. That's not that bad idea. The, the crowds, the crowds would be chanting, taking care of business when they played the song, you know, it would be, generate a little enthusiasm. Uh, and, and that is one of his big, uh, you know, that I mean, is a big theme. Of, so I, I, I would just add that it's a slightly annoying song, but it oh, is it's a fantastic song. Taking care of business. It's a driving beat. Taking care of business. No. It's not a great song. When the but train's it, it, on time, you can get to work by nine and stop and start your slavish job to get your pay. If you ever get annoyed, look at me, I'm self-employed. I love to work at nothing all day. And we'll be taking care of business. business. It's, it's relentless. Every it's day. Fantastic. Taking care of okay. Wait, did they also do The Boys Are Back in Town? No, that was Thin Lizzy. Hmm. They did... You ain't seen nothing yet, I think. You ain't seen none, none, nothing yet. Yeah, that was terrific. But th this is a song that stood the test of time. I don't know. It's, 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 and, 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 and songs that are annoying often are good crowd songs. I mean, Bill Clinton made for a crowd, theme song. For crowds honest. that annoy you, so that would be perfect for the Sanders, from my point of view. Um, the uh, uh, what was Trump's song? Trump had better. What was Trump's big song? Oh, I can't get no satisfaction. Was one right? No, it was you can't always get what you want, which is a perverse, ironic song to play. Yeah. But uh, the best use of music in campaigns was Sarah Palin, them playing Barracuda after Sarah Palin's Now, that's speech, a good song. Uh, now, that's a song that gets you revved up. Well, it's, 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 it's a really good song, and, and she hated it, of course. The authors of the song hated them using it, and Sarah Palin hated the song, and they used it anyway, and it was great. Hmm. That's what was that was so good about it. it was like a it was a big fuck you to both uh Hart and Sarah Palin. <laughs> um, um, 
Anyway. Um, well, anyway, that's not a terrible idea. I mean, it's a, it's probably it, it's probably a key demographic. If he's trying to wrestle voters away from Trump, that demographic, which is to say ours, I just mean age-wise, is key, right? That's the heart of Trump support is people as old as us, right? Right. Now you, yeah, I mean, you, you, so we you would were, think. I was in anyway, high school. It's not, it's not, the, high it's not, it's not the game changer that I thought it was, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, given how little coverage his handling of the Florida hurricane has has gotten. I mean, everybody's, we've already forgotten the far hurricane, right? It's like happened. Wasn't well, devastating they have to have more business that he's taking care of than the hurricane. They have to depict them right. as this guy who's taking care of all of Florida's business. Okay. Alienated the biggest employer in the state, stuff like that. Yeah. Joe Klein um, wrote a very good column where he had a, he had a wishful theory about how Trump is going to collapse, which dovetails with my theory. My theory is the more he shows up in public, the more crazy people will realize he is. And Klein says, oh, people haven't focused on, right now they're just reacting against uh, the indictments and telling Bush, uh, telling Biden to back off. And uh, if, if they won't begin to focus on, do we really want to nominate this guy and have him around for four years for a few months until December? Uh, I, I at first found that incredibly uh, confidence-inspiring, and then I thought, no, it's just wishful. But... It's a great column. The idea, on Joe the idea is that the closer the reality gets, the more people, the more people realize they don't want it. Yeah, they haven't focused yet. They're not focusing mm-hmm. that. They're focusing on the, all the fights about the indictments and the, the weaponization of government and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're so not. Will Trump uh, pardon all these guys that got uh, that got sentenced this week. Which uh, uh, and by the way, all think in favor of giving them. They all think he will. The the sentences the seem a little long. Uh, the uh, 22 years, at least. Not uh, to me. Not to depends. me. This is, this is the most, in a certain sense, the most sacred ritual in American democracy that they wanted to, you know, not just derail in the sense of, of uh, you know, disrupting a ritual. They also wanted to keep it from functioning as designed, which is to say, actually oh. usher in the peacefully elected president and uh, oh. and and install a pretender. I mean, this is this is serious we- shit, man. I know it's serious, but we, we, what, what none of the stories conveyed, I mean, is how much evidence they have that Tario and the other Proud Boys actually wanted to stop uh, the election of uh, Biden, as opposed to doing a, like a show of force, a dramatic show of force to protest uh, pr- protest the election. But if, they, but if they caught the pickup truck, they didn't wouldn't the really know Boys, what to do with it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Proud Boys initiated the key breach of the security perimeter intentionally. That's different. I, I, they, they clearly breached the security, but the question okay. is, what were they going to do when they were in the Capitol? But that, that's not, it doesn't fucking matter. It's a fucking Capitol. I'm not capital. saying they should have gotten off, Bob. I'm just saying and, and that it's the, in serious, the, middle of, the serious of, crime of, that you outline requires them to have wanted to stop Democracy from functioning. Of course, that was at not, least a distant hope. Of course, that was at well, least. Well, I assume a they have hope. some evidence that they presented at trial that the press was too lazy to present to us, but I haven't seen it. All I've seen is the video of the Wall Street Journal, which came out uh, years ago, or where they the Proud Boys were saying. And remember, this is only a tiny fraction of the Proud Boys organization that decided to yeah. go to Washington. Uh, w- this is the day the Proud Boys take the Capitol. Okay. So they clearly wanted to take the Capitol. They wanted to do it, it turned out, by four. That was clear. And they wanted to do it once while took, we were certifying took, the next president. Right. 
But what? But that's to my, but right I, there, I, I'm not willing right to rest there. And I say 22 years is not enough. Okay. I'm not willing to rest 22 years just on the inference. I want a okay. memo saying what fucking I want, inference? A, I want the some evidence described. that Tario Tario said after today, Biden will not be president. That's all. I'll, that's all I ask. No, what you just described constitutes uh, 22 years worth of misdeeds, so far as I'm concerned. No, but okay? I could take. I could take. You know, in Wisconsin, when they were going to pass this anti-labor law, and the left took over the Capitol, I could easily see them. I don't know if they use violence. Let's, but let's, uh, let's, let's postulate that they did. If they just said, uh, "Today's the day," uh, you know, we take the Capitol. That's not enough to convict him for 22 years. You have to no, say, we because take the that's Capitol not certifying the, the president. It's just a fucking bill. labor law, okay? And it's no, just they the were state. Pa- it's oh, not the it's whole democracy, Bob. It's still democracy. What? There was no, 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 still Mickey, democracy. They're about to have a vote on an important law. Mickey, so you don't see a meaningful distinction between no, impeding a, a state-level uh, deliberation or passage of some law, some legislation, and something at the, what we saw at the federal level, which was impeding the actual peaceful transfer of I'm, power, I'm, I, which is I, at the heart of the whole fucking idea I'm of saying the there's also, a, there's also a distinction between taking the capital, meaning we break through the security and we sit around and yell and, and scream, and actually blocking something. And I want evidence that they intended to actually block something. Maybe that evidence is there. Maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe I, I just didn't see it in any of the press accounts. Maybe if I read the trial transcript, Mickey, it would be there. They obviously wanted to impede that process, stop the process. There's no way they didn't. I think there is a way they didn't. They would sit around and yell and scream and, and pick up a ruckus. I don't know. I just You have to convict people beyond a reasonable doubt in this country, and you have to have some proof that that's what they intended to do. Um, anyway, they all think they're going to be pardoned. I think given Trump's loyalty, that's not a hundred percent bet, but he would probably have to pardon them or at least commute them. DeSantis hasn't DeSantis already said he would pardon at least some of the January 6th, uh, or commute or something. He's been very vague. He's been very cagey and vague. Uh, um, has he committed himself to finding at least one that he has to pardon? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, um, so. What else? Uh, well, we're running out of time. Um, uh, anyway, Eric Adams joined. Uh, you're happy about Eric Adams this week, right? Mayor of New York? Um, well, not really. I mean, there, 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 there are two things Adams says. One is this, this wave of immigrants in New York is going to destroy New York forever, mm-hmm. which I think is maybe a, a little alarmist, but um, I'm glad he said it. And then and the solution is to give them all work permits, which is the left solution, which is uh, which is not a solution in the short term, but that will just attract more. So if you think they're destroying the city of New York, you're just going to get more and more. Uh, so that's he said some good things and some bad things uh, by mm-hmm. my lights. I thought you'd uh, be Democrats nominating the country for are, president. There was an incredible headline in The New York Times. The Democrats across the country are reacting and, and you know, Abandoning their sanctuary cities and reacting, uh, reacting against the the surge on the border now that it's hit home in their districts, and and the headline in the New York Times was, "Republicans get the crisis they want." And it's true that Republicans, uh, you know, were are probably happy to have a crisis because it shows the hypocrisy of the Democrats. But the idea that that's the main takeaway from the fact that 
uh, you know, two decades of democratic dogma on immigration is crumbling before our eyes is, uh, is ridiculous. But this, it was Jonathan Weissman, the same guy who said, don't overthink this. Trump was calling all immigrants uh, animals when he was really talking about MS5, mm-hmm. MS15, so, uh, or 13 or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, so, you know, he is a known hothead. I've had personal experience with his hot-headedness. What did he do to you? Would have let me ask a question of Larry Summers, 2008. Do you believe that? How, how did he have the power to prevent you from asking a question of Larry he Summers? He kept asking his own questions and elbowing me out of the way. And as you know, Bob, except for last week when I apparently talked too much, I'm not one for interrupting. No, you're not. You know I what I would have done if I had been in your shoes, Mickey? Sucker punched it. Totally. You're, you're the alpha. You, you would have done something. You would have stomped Totally. Him. But I wouldn't have sucker punched him. I would have challenged him to a fight and then floored him. I don't sucker punch. It was, it was an important question I had, but unfortunately, by the time I got to ask it, there was nobody in the room. So it was, it was asked in vain. Mm. Um, so anyway, did I derail something I you were going to say? Were you going to say something else? Uh, Jonathan Weisman. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the New York Times, it's bad. And it's not just any one reporter. It's like their headlines are so much more, you know, editorializing than they used to be along a number right. of domains in, in foreign policy, domestic politics. It's, it's, uh, the wor- the, there was actually a worse example of that in a, in a publication, not a worse example, but a similar example of that in Walter Kern's new hard, hard copy newspaper called County Highway. Out by David model. Samuels and Walt, Walter Kern, and they had a review of this uh, this book by Barbara Kingsolver, which is retelling David Copperfield as a Appalachian beset by sexism, racism, and classism. And the review was very mild, and the headline was "NPR listeners eat up this crap." <laughs> okay, like completely. It was a fabulous headline, and then the uh, the review did not back up the headline. So this is a... I have one... Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to clarify. So this is Walter's thing as a physical paper only periodical that comes out how often? Whole new business. I don't know. It seems like once a month. I'm waiting for number two. It costs five bucks an issue. I remember those days. I remember those days. That's cheap. You don't remember anything costing five bucks an issue. But it's, 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 it's good. It's good. It'll get better. Like everything, it'll get better. I recommend it. It's got it's the right idea. Um, uh, but um, uh, you know that that by the way that Biden thinks Zelensky is an amateur. That's the uh, one of the scoops from Frank Forrest's new. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know what he means by that. But is the book out? It 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 came out online uh, Thursday hmm. or fr- Wednesday. Wednesday. Hmm. Um. Maybe Tuesday. Anyway, I've started to read it, but I haven't gotten very far. The, the, one, the, one, the one thing I, that I think is worthy of the main podcast, and why I wanted to bring up is the right way to think about these things is not who do you want as president. I, would, I think you have to think of who do you want as president and who do you want to control Congress and which combination of the two is better for the country. So I think clearly the preferable outcome is Biden, Biden and Republican wins the presidency. Congress. And a Republican Congress. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, though, is Trump and a Democratic Congress. 
But you want to limit the damage. You want to limit the damage these guys can do. What about your wall? So that wall. Of course, we Trump has already demonstrated his inability to actually build a wall. But still, he only had four years, and Trump, for two years, a Republican Congress. Trump, what do you expect? Trump would have to. Uh, Exactly. Trump Trump would 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 have to do something about the border. He couldn't do worse than Biden. Uh, whereas Biden with a Democratic Congress is the worst. Because, uh, you know, they're going to, by my lights, because they're going to do all sorts of uh, big FDR-like things that are not really FDR-like. And uh, and uh, and the third, the, the third best would be Trump with a Republican Congress, hopefully with a small majority so he couldn't do too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but you have to think like that. And then you're paralyzed because you don't know whether to vote for Biden or Trump because it depends on who's going to win the Congress. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out it, does that, if, if Trump wins, does he have coattails? So he'll automatically get, uh, you know, he'll get win control of the Congress. Or if Trump loses to Biden, does that mean he has no coattails? I don't think so. So um, it's, but I think it's the way you have to think about it if you're a patriot. Yeah. One more question on this line. Um, if we imagine the scenario I keep championing that some, you know, establishment yet maverick Democrat will stand up and say, I'm running for president, some actual cred- credible candidate, I'm challenging Biden. If that were to happen, like, how long do we have for somebody to do that? Because it, it's just, uh, if it doesn't people happen, are starting to pan- people are panicking for like the third time with this CNN poll that shows every Republican candidate beating Biden. Or tying it. Well, plus these the polls really showing, beats. I mean, look at this. There was a CNN poll showing two-thirds of registered, well, it was a combination, registered Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents. Two-thirds of them want someone other than Biden. Well, That's everybody wants somebody. The question, the question is who, whether they'll still vote for him if they get him as the nominee. And uh, But they may just you know, not that, turn that, out. Or, they may just not turn out. They also and, may not turn out. But um, so the idea, you know, there, 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 there's some talk that Newsom is, chomping at the bit so much yeah. that he might jump in. Uh, no, but this is the brilliant, the brilliant scenario is since it's a kamikaze mission, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Newsom jumps in, he gets huge numbers of votes, like 40% of the vote immediately goes to him because people are mm-hmm. sick of Biden, as you say. Maybe even beats Biden in New Hampshire, okay? And then everybody hates him and it clears the field for the real Democrat who you should want, who is uh, Shapiro of Pennsylvania. Haven't thought Everybody about agrees him. is sort of the don't best, know much about. Him. Is he governor book. or what? He's governor. He's popular. He's done okay. He rebuilt his highway the same way DeSantis rebuilt his highway. Yep. Uh, very quickly, he rebuilt ninety five. I'm sure there's bad stuff about him. I'm sure he's not as good as he looks, but mm-hmm. right now he looks like the best of the field. And is he uh, less than eighty years old? He's young and vigorous, but he just started his term. The problem is he'd have to abandon a governorship close to his term. Mm. As opposed to a senator's seat. Well, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm on, I'm on Team Shapiro, and I I had, I'm not sure I'd ever heard him until it, requir- uh, it requires Newsom to be very. It requires Newsom to be so ambitious he does a stupid thing. What Newsom wants is somebody else to be the kamikaze, and then he jumps in later. Well, it's just I, honestly, I, I literally believe you could randomly select a Democratic senator, and they would have a better chance than Biden against Trump. I literally believe that. But certainly, you know, Chris Murphy um, and among governors, Gretchen Widmer in the House. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, how about somebody who placed third in a Senate race? Would that be you? Uh, I placed third in a Senate race. Might have been thinking. Um, okay. There's this debate between Newsom and DeSantis that's scheduled. Uh-huh. And I think by the time it rolls around, Newsom might not want to debate DeSantis because he doesn't think DeSantis is important enough. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not true. But uh, it's, you know, DeSantis has started to tick up in the polls. So DeSantis fans are picking hard <laughs> in this incredibly small Mi- tick up in the polls. Mickey's hope springs eternal when it comes to DeSantis. And it's very, it's kind of touching. It's poignant. I'm just, I'm just a natural optimist. Yeah, you yes, me. you are. Like me. So Mickey, uh, before we transition to the parrot room, we have an announcement to make. It's true. How should we make this announcement? Are you Why reading you the script? Make... You've written it down. What are you reading? No, I have not. I'm I'm trying to see if we have anything to talk about in the parrot room at all. But anyway, um... well, sure. Jimmy Buffett would be a good transition because he leaves in his wake a lot of bereaved parrot heads. Right. It'd be a um, good transition. Speaking to what of we're bereaved parrot heads. Speaking of bereaved parrot heads. Okay, over to you, Mickey. Uh, well, Bob and I both have projects that we want to work on that we haven't had time to get to. Uh, Bob's is probably bigger and more legitimate. You have a book to write. I have a bunch of things I've wanted to write. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, they're intimations of mortality when one wants to get to them. And uh, so basically we're, uh, and the podcast is making money, but not so much money that we have to make, we have to keep it going because it's so well, lucrative. The, par- the parrot room is is uh, the parrot room. Money, the podcast isn't. So uh, all those things uh, go into the calculation that we're stopping the podcast uh, at the end of September, I believe. Correct. Um. Uh, yes. The uh, and I mean the logic. I mean, logic's more straightforward in your case. You're going to save a ton of time. I'm I'm still going to do a Friday podcast as well as my Tuesday podcast. Um, and it's not totally oh, clear that. that was him. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to do the marathon, the subsequent marathon two hour. Uh, it'll, it'll be less taxing than dealing with my raging ego. Well, it it, it will be. I mean, my uh, it would be more aligned with uh, my other projects. I would say in terms of subject matter and uh so on but i think it's it's what uh, is yeah what is your other project is ai now or or uh it looks like i mean uh it looks like i will be writing a book on ai but the uh, the contract hasn't been signed and i'm superstitious about uh talking too soon but it'll be one or the other i mean it's the same uh it's the same publisher either i i owe somebody a book before terribly long, I, I owe a it'll publisher be a di- I know of a book be- before terribly long in either event. Um, it'll be a different book, a different lineup of guests if yeah. it's AI or if it's cognitive empathy. Okay? Yes. yes. You have to wrangle the guests. This is going to be almost as time consuming as dealing with me. Well, I can, we, we can talk about this in the parrot room. There are uh, things I'm thinking of that will, uh, uh, that will help address that problem. But it's true that your logic is more straightforward. I mean, what I would say is, you know, whenever anybody, any partnership ends or anything, 
uh, people say who dumped who, and they say, no, it was mutual agreement. They say, no, really, who dumped who? I mean, certainly in the romantic realm, that's always my line. This was truly something we've been talking about for some time. I mean, I think you, both, and bo it made, we thought both of us were thinking the time to wind down is going to come. I think you felt it a little more immediately than I did. I think you were, um, uh, but... I just have all these other impending crises I have to do. Right, and and it's more of a time saver for you to to end it, like because I will still be doing uh, the two podcasts a week. But um, anyway, uh, what else is there to? Uh, we can talk about this more in the parrot room. Logic behind it, implications for parrot heads, and uh, is there anything else? Oh, I will say this: uh, when I told. My agent, Rafe Segalen, about this, he said, end of an era, which is true, kind of. Yeah. You don't end sound of this era, Yeah, but uh, it's also like, it's also what uh, what a mutual friend of ours said when when he said about our podcast, it's good. I would have thought it would have taken off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean, if you would like to uh, amplify that theme, uh, we started doing this in 2005. We haven't done it continuously, but this was back before uh, virtually anybody had heard the word podcast. It was primarily a video thing, but we did have audio downloads from the beginning. Um, and it was the first uh, split screen online video thing uh, about politics, I'm pretty sure, or almost about anything. I, I think, think it was... Almost about anything. Yeah. There, there, there were two guys in Alabama that recorded one conversation, if I remember. The one with the Santa Claus Ahead thing? That was pathetic. I think that guy. But, uh, um, uh, but, uh, and, and I don't know what was going on in the super high-tech people. And obviously, if you work for ABC TV, you know, you could broadcast yeah. a, two talking heads. Well, I mean, for easily. example, so, the uh, a podcast that's a tech podcast that beat us by a few months is The Week in Tech with Leo Laporte. But... They had, oh, really? okay. because he came out of the TV field and like, I think they had these uh, dedicated broadband things. We we did a video streaming video before there was broadband. We didn't have broadband. And I mean, there was broadband, but most people didn't have it. And so we had to hook up this weird thing where you locally recorded both your audio and video file, talked over the phone, you couldn't see each other. And then you, you synchronize the files. And that's why we were Thank, so early. Thanks to the genius of Greg Dingle. Actually, that idea was, I, with all the humility, I think was mine. The, the basic idea. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't mine. We so agree that on that. Um, now, Greg um, Dingle did invent the Dingle Link. Uh, can I just say one more thing about how, I mean, the more I talk about this, the more embarrassing it gets because the question only deepens. Why are we not Joe Rogan? And you know what the answer is? We should have had, in retrospect, more MMA fighters and mediocre comedians on. That's the answer. Um, okay. Uh, uh, that's one argument. Uh, I was trying to explain this whole thing to the Apple guy who was trying to fix my computer. <laughs> you started talking about blogging heads? Uh, well, I said, I got to do a podcast oh. at 12. You got to finish this thing. And he said, oh, you do a podcast. That's nice. My daughter has a podcast too. I was going to say, I was going to say, that. doesn't everyone he knows do a podcast? Yeah. Um, but, um, no, but he wait, was very what nice. was I going to say? I was going to say something. See, this is the other thing is 
Uh, and now, look, I should say, we'll probably do the occasional special occasion thing, right? Like an election or a... I would think so. Debate think or something. So, yeah. so the, in that sense, yeah. you know, but... Uh, and it may be that in a few years, we'll come back and just do a flat-out dementia podcast, The Week in Dementia. And we'll just come on and say, we don't remember what happened this week. And, and That'll be great. It's like It'll be like 10 hours long. Mm-hmm. We'll we can just, talk about what pills we're taking. and Yeah. It'll be it'll rival the George Brett conversation. Let's put it that way. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Right. Yeah, what what George Brett conversation? See, you probably I don't told even me want to go before. In. That's the other reason this needs. I do to not want to go into this. I do okay. not want to go into the George. Final Brett thing, final bragging about the early blogging heads. Uh, I believe we had the first in the entire universe user interface for generating a link that would take you to any point in the video. Even Google Video, this is before Google bought YouTube, did not have it for a few months after us. That, that was something to let users, it's now familiar on YouTube. You pick whenever you, you know, when you send the link, you can pick it, you can make it start at any point in the video. We had that in 2005. I rest my case. Uh, I, my, I rest uh, my tribute to, to Greg Dingle, inventor of the Dingle Link, as we called it. I thought he did more than just invent the Dingle Link. Oh, he did a lot of stuff. He, he. Uh, I thought he like helped get it all off the ground. No, the whole system. He built a system uh, for synchronizing the two uh, sets of files on the server, so that I could do it. Right. I did it. I, I, right. I would go up okay. to the server with his user interface, okay. and synchronize okay. the two, and it would come out. No, he's look. Greg is. Uh, he's doing fine. He 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 went to Facebook, uh, and I think his uh, stock options worked out fine. Um. Uh, unlike the blogging head stock options. Um, hey, don't rub it in. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, I'll see you in the parrot room. Uh, I guess we will. Um, and well, and uh, as for, I, I mean, mean, you know, non-zero well, podcast. The parrot room is ending not, too, but what's that? Not this week. Parrot room is ending, but uh, but uh, you know, non-zero podcast feeds not, and the non-zero channel on YouTube isn't, and uh, uh, and I'll know more about what exactly it's going to uh, contain, aside from the, the Tuesday podcast it already contains in the future. Um, and we'll talk about this more in the Parrot Room, I guess, which is our finally cheap stunt for, you know, cheap gimmick to get people to subscribe to Parrot Room, right? Um, yes, why don't, why don't we put it this way? Why don't we put it this way? Everything we've said so far about why this is happening is a lie. And we're going to tell the truth in the Parrot Room. How's that? I tell the the real, the real, the real reason. story. Yeah. Okay. So, right. uh, patreon.com slash parrot room, the real story. Um, and, uh, okay. We'll see you. Then. I will. Are you going to show on. us the parrot? Let's have the parrot come on. Yeah. Uh, see you there. The real story. Oh, oh. And, and quickly, uh, I do want to talk about uh, a couple of things in the parrot room, including Jimmy Buffett and his parrot heads. Uh, Hunter Biden, I'm afraid. Maybe a little more, Elon. Uh, and if you want to nominate anything, go ahead. Um, they've compiled a complete list of Epstein clients. It's actually fairly impressive. You can go over that. Uh, there's the Saudi deal, which may, I know you tried to you're explain trolling, to me. You're trolling Bob. Last man. week. You're going to troll Bob in the period. Well, why is it so awful? There's Musk and the ADL. Uh, <laughs> there's Ann Coulter's feud with Trump. He called her a, what a stone cold loser, which I guess was a play on 
Ron DeSantis saying he wanted the cartels stone cold dead. And uh, and uh, we can talk about getting the cartels stone cold dead because there there is a, a very popular proposition on the Republican side to have a war with the cartels, a actual military shooting war with the cartels, which seems insane to me. But I'm sure you'll see virtue in it. Um, there's uh, and there's a uh, there's a future for this for culture because apparently the, there are a lot of good films at Telluride. Mm. If I can call it up, I can read you a list of those films. Oh, I, I may be your entertainment guide. Speaking of which, I may say a little more about uh, the extraordinary attorney Wu. I've watched more of it. I like. I, I continue to like it. The South Korean show that is sweeping the world. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, we will taking care of business. Taking care. We're, we'll be taking care of business every day. Each hey. every, every way. Business. All right. See you there.